Hi there, um, I'm Gillian Hepburn from Schroders and welcome to the sixth podcast from the Diversity Project. Um, this comes from the Gender Work Stream where we explore a range of themes and consider how women in, in particular can be encouraged to join our industry. However, all are always welcome. All of the previous podcasts are also available on our website and on Spotify, which I think is quite cool, really. Um, over the last few months, we've been looking at um, celebrating our differences, considering how to be yourself at work. What does this mean? Are there stereotypical females within the asset management and financial services industry? Um, and I would say that my guests up until now have proven that this certainly isn't the case. And we've busted some myths about gender, ethnicity, ethnicity, tongue twister, and um, background and qualifications. And qualifications leads me nicely on to this month's podcast. We're going to take a slightly different direction um, and look specifically at technology within our industry. And are there careers for women? And if so, um, you know, how do we encourage them? But is, it, is, it, is there a perception that it's a male dominated section of our industry? And how can we encourage women um, to, to help make a more diverse workplace um, and think about a technology background and, and join us as an industry. So as usual, I'm joined by two women at different stages in their career to talk with me. And as previous podcasts, I'm joined by somebody who already works in the industry and somebody who's considering uh, working in financial services, although as we'll find out, perhaps not in this case. So maybe we can change that in the next 30 minutes. So who's in the virtual studio with me today? Well, firstly, I'm joined by Felicia Merovitzing, commonly known as Fee. Um, she's a founder and C CEO of Econi Hub and passionate about women joining our industry. I'm also joined by, by Alora Smart, who's a third year student from WIC, um, that's way up north in Scotland for anybody who's not quite sure. Um, she's currently studying at Aberdeen University and interestingly, studying ethical hacking. That's a whole fascinating discussion. So I'm just gonna start by opening up with Fee. Fee, wel welcome to the podcast. Thank Do you, you wanna start by just telling us a little bit about your business and also your journey into financial services? Yes, thank you very much, Gillian, for having me today. And so I'm Felicia Merritt Singh, uh, CEO and founder at Econi. And Econi provides cash solutions, a cash marketplace, <clears throat> and a range of cash management tools to the wealth sector, um, both to advisors as well as to investment platforms and private banks. Uh, we are an API-first company, so everything we do is on a fully integrated basis. But for our advisors, we also offer a like, rapid same-day white-label portal and with a range of tools that they and their clients can use very specific to the wealth sector. And um, really cash for us, it's a neglected asset. And um, de facto, we think within five years, all platforms will be offering a third party asset of cash. So how did I get here is I used to be a CFO managing cash in the insurance market. And in those days, there were no easy and frictionless solutions which increased returns within our risk profile. And we manage cash client money as well as our own cash. And we were in that sweet spot, really. We were too big to do nothing, but too small to qualify for actually any sort of corporate treasury um, service or anything like that. And my background originally is um, I, first, uh, I first studied as an accountant and I studied information systems. Okay. I worked at PwC 
and then, you know, transitioned uh, through the insurance market. I'm from South Africa originally. I am very passionate about inequalities. I feel very strongly about it, partly because obviously I'm South African and I think we all know the history of South Africa and the problems there and, and so on. And partly because I'm a woman and I have a young daughter. So I also, on the side of my day job, I work with um, myself and a friend started something called Hive Founders to support early stage female founders in business. So anyone listening, there is support <laughs> out there. It's all voluntary, so I'm nothing too fancy, but it's out there. And I work with a number of very other senior women in tech and innovation in an organization called Open 51, where we really raise thought leadership around open banking and open financing which is changing the way we all work in financial services. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I do love the financial services sector. Sometimes I love the fact that actually some things are happening behind the scenes that affect all of our lives on a daily basis. And I would encourage anyone to get into it if they can. Fantastic. Great introduction. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, clearly a bit of a tech background going on there. Um, but a, a really interesting journey, as, as many, many of us in the industry have had. Um, so we're going to come on to some of those um, areas that you talked about um, in a little bit more detail in this podcast. But let's also introduce Elora. Elora, welcome to the podcast. We're absolutely delighted Hello. to have you here. Hello. Oh, thank you very much uh, for having me. Not at all, not at all. I do love that accent, by the way. And we'll talk about <laughs> that as well in this podcast. But ethical hacking, my goodness, tell us what that's all about. Um, you know, it sounds fascinating. Oh, what is it and why did you why did you get into that as a degree? Yeah, so I've just finished my third year at, at Abertay University doing ethical hacking. And yeah, so ethical hacking is basically, I mean, it's hacking, but the kind of good side of things. So <laughs> we're we're trained up to, you know, go into businesses, you know, companies. It could be literally anywhere. If you have computers or networks, um, we're basically trained to think like a hacker and go in and try and break into your systems but instead of actually breaking and doing anything bad or stealing stuff or that we then like give you uh, reports and say what you need to do to fix it so it's kind of like an offensive way of of looking at cyber security that's easy so you so you are the good guys yep yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we could put it like that I mean it's really fascinating thinking about that in relation to our industry because you know one of the big challenges is is around um data security um and and clearly when we are you know the guardians of people's money um I always talk about people's hard-earned cash it's really important that they feel that it's safe and secure, but also within our in our industry, there's a huge focus on on vulnerability and, and vulnerable people, and I think that plays right into some of the stuff that you do. But where do students typically end up um, working with a degree such as yours, Alora? So I think the majority of graduates end up going on to do kind of consultancy work. I think some have even set up their own companies um, where we kind of just go in and, and do odd jobs here and there. But we actually cover in the degree a wide variety of different skills because obviously ethical hacking applies to everything technology related, whether that's your phones, websites, networks, hardware, um, even the kind of social side of things. So we kind of have a lot of people go to kind of the defensive side where they're building software that's secure kind of from the ground up um, so there's there's a lot of different avenues but primarily I think people go off and do kind of proper security consulting. 
sounds, sounds really fascinating. Um, and, and it's interesting because obviously, you know, when I was a student many, many years ago, these sorts of exciting um, opportunities in terms of these degrees just didn't exist because we probably didn't have an awful lot of technology. So it just shows the pace of change um, and, and what's happening in, in the environment. Yeah, Fee, um, if we come to you, what, what's your views on technology careers for women in this industry? You know, is there just a myth that, oh my goodness, it's the asset management industry sounds all very boring. And you just sit in a darkened room, you know, coding systems for dealing and trading and, and that's it. You know, how have things changed over the years? Yeah, so quite significantly in terms of my view of the changes. Um, I think the first thing is when we think about technology and financial services, they are in every part of our lives. And I think mm. often people forget how reflected they are in every single thing we do. So that really means if you're coming into the sector, there's an opportunity for everyone to work on it in, in different ways, of course. Uh, sure. And I, I can see that um, as we grow, this really fits the younger generation even more. For me, financial services is at the lead, for instance, of something called ESG, which is really around environmental and social impact of us on society and what we invest in and what we interact with in our financial lives. And yes. I know a lot of young people are very passionate, for instance, about the environment. And there is a way to take that passion and have as broad an impact of, as possible in financial services. And so part of that is on the tech side. And to be on the tech side, you do not need to be a tech. You don't need to have a developer background or have studied any sort of sciences or engineering. Like my background is in commerce and I only did a very short um, part of my degree in, in, in my first undergrad degree in information systems. So there is a huge opportunity across all different range, a very wide range of role, far beyond the typical kind of tech skills that you can come in and uh, add that value. Um, I, I, I see that we also have massive change. Like when I first started, it was obviously mainly male dominated. And now you know, we have lots of role models, obviously like yourself, Julian, or even in um, early stage startups like myself and many other founders that I know. And you can come in, start your own small business in the space and then interact with larger players like Schroeder's or even start from an academic perspective. There's just, just multiple avenues and also many people who can provide a lot of mentorship in that. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Why, why do you think then that maybe not enough women um, are joining the industry or thinking about that there's opportunities in technology? I think that they're simply not aware from a very young age. So if you don't have that role model in your life, like I didn't have either tech or financial services role models in my life, then it isn't what you think of instinctively. And when you do think about it, Think of about something in high finance or very complicated asset management with Black Shoals models, which you know most people aren't interested in studying. Um, and then the same with tech. So both of those are like um, you know sectors which almost have a like a cliched type of person involved with them. That's um, the one aspect that's very clear. And I think the other thing is the reputations of the sectors are of like long working hours, which sometimes yeah. um, young people don't want and yeah. which even scare women away. And what I can say is, you know, that's not true. You can adapt your hours and you can work um, uh, on, in, on 
the way you want to work in the sector, whether it's the tech part of financial services or just entering into financial services on its own. And I think that we need to do a lot more at an early stage, school stage um, yep. and university stage as a sector and interact more with universities. But interesting to hear what Elora thinks with us. Absolutely. Elora, does, does some of these um, points that Fee's raised, does, do, do they kind of resonate with you in terms of thinking about our industry? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the point you made of kind of introducing stuff at school level is, you know, kind of hitting the nail on the head. From my sort of tech point of view, um, you know, when I went into high school, I had absolutely no interest in computers or anything um, my parents are both nurses I really wanted to be a vet for the majority of high school until I actually got the opportunity to take computer science and actually try out things and then I realized that I really enjoyed it and I was quite good at it and it just completely changed what I wanted to do and so the kind of exact same applies if you're not getting that kind of um, the kind of message out there and you're not exposing people to things at a younger age then you know they may miss out on opportunity because they might think oh well that's that's not for me and the same with you know like you're saying about sort of financial services and things like that from my point of view you know going to uni I, I picked ethical hacking partly because of kind of the work that we do in the course like I said before it's so kind of wide ranging it's very very practical heavy we do mostly coursework which is exactly what I wanted to do because that's what I like doing I like it and you know hands-on and doing things um, and also because it sounds cool more than anything <laughs> but you know does. so when I when I was looking you know what kind of jobs am I going to get afterwards I wouldn't have ever really thought about kind of going into the finance industry because like you said that's that kind of stereotype of oh you know it's it's boring it's just you know it's just guys and you know it's it's long hours it's just like you guys said. in suits with umbrellas. yeah Exactly. Yeah, and you know, you're just working for like big, huge companies where you you're kind of just a number. But yeah. you know, even just like talking to you guys over the last week, it, I'm realized like that is 100% not the case. But it just wasn't really on my radar. And so yeah, yeah that kind of getting in sort of younger and at early ages is is exactly what what needs to be done. Uh, excellent. Um, yeah, I do think ethical hacking just sounds so cool. I have to say, <laughs> it's such a cool name. It's crazy. It's a cool name, right? Right. Gosh, I want to do that. It sounds like it should be in a movie somewhere. Yeah. You know, but there you go. I, I think you've raised a couple of interesting points here as well in terms of flexibility. Um, you know, and and Fee, you mentioned that as well in terms of is is this industry really de delivering flexibility, particularly for women. Um, and I absolutely think that the last year has demonstrated that, hasn't it, in terms of this whole working from home and more flexible environments, you know, and, and certainly in our business, it's um, we're, we're absolutely embracing that. Um, do you think that's a, a good thing, obviously, for, for us as an industry in terms of attracting women? Yes, I mean, I do. I think the more flexibility we have, especially because there tends to be a dropout of women, even the woman entering, there's a dropout you know, at that age when they're getting married and having children. And, and I understand it because unless you have flexibility, trying to juggle the demands of this kind of sector can be a challenge. So uh, I think COVID has shown that we can all work yeah. in a very flexible way and still get a normal productive amount of work completed. And yeah. organizations going forward are reviewing their culture of work. And yeah. I, and yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no, and I think what you also highlighted when you spoke was this whole range of careers now for, 
for women yes. um you know from that entrepreneur and you know and and Alora mentioned, you know, the, the big corporates, you know, I, I work in a big corporate, there's lots of women have some fantastic um, jobs and, and loads of opportunities. So today it's great, we've got all ends of that spectrum, because obviously fee your industry is, or, or your business is, is, I would say, quite entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, so you're seeing a whole, that whole range of opportunities right across the industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to anyone listening that, you know, if you use the example of data analysis, you don't have to have done a some sort of engineering degree to understand that, oh, let me look at data analysis or even the user experience or what we call customer experience or customer journey. These are all critical parts of how we interact with technology today. And they're only getting more and more refined as the sector develops and becomes more mature. And none of those, you could have a totally creative mind. They don't need a, an engineering approach. And in fact, being more creative is what is critical mm. to, to those kind of roles. And, and this, um, our financial services sector needs those, those yeah. kind of inputs, that kind of creativity more and more now yeah. um, because it inter you, know, you want to say, well, how am I going to manage my finances going forward in my life? Or how am I going to manage my businesses? Or how am I going to work with someone else? And all of that is powered by technology. Yeah, and okay. there's so many components that you can get involved at any aspect, even something as simple as project management or proposition management, where Absolutely. you deal with multiple stakeholders. And it's quite an exciting type of role, I always think, to have because of your inputs and so on. Yeah, I mean, I, I have an English degree and I never thought in my life I'd end up working in some technology projects. It's like, it seems yeah. bizarre. Uh, Elora, what about yourselves? You know, we, we, we've, we've talked a bit now about, about the industry and, you know, what... I guess financial services didn't really appear on your list, did it? But um, do you think that might be a possibility going forward? Are we, are we starting to convince you? Definitely. I mean, yeah, like I said before, it just kind of wasn't really something on my radar that I'd kind of really thought about. But um, yeah. obviously, I'm going into my last year of uni, and this is the time where I'm going to have to think about what yeah. I want to do when I finish and when I have my degree. And so, yeah, listening to you talk and how, um, like you said, there's just so many different roles. And I think, Fee, the point you brought up about creativity um, definitely kind of resonates with me, too. Like I said before, my degree is very coursework heavy. It's very hands on. Mm. And I think um, technology and, and coding and, and all sort of things like that is so much more creative than it kind of has uh, you know it's made out to be you know as much as sometimes yeah you are just kind of sat in front of a computer doing stuff it's so problem solving a lot of yeah. it is very visual um, so like we've done a lot of kind of web and app design which I really love doing because it's that kind of you're seeing what you're typing away kind of come alive on the screen and that that's why I really love it I, I love getting creative I'm you know I that's the kind of person I am that's how I, I'm very visual um, yeah. so I think that you know really feeds into it too it's not you know it's not boring you know absolutely I mean, I, I'm certainly very passionate about um, encouraging women and, and young, any young person into our industry at the end of the day but also about um, helping young people think about and um, saving and investing um, and one of the things Fee, you mentioned was about um, sustainability Laura do you think um, that you know your sort of generation is is interested in where their money might end up and sustainability because I think that's got a great opportunity for technology as we've discussed. 
Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, out of all the people I know and yeah, just kind of, you know, my my generation as a whole, there's such a big kind of focus on, you know, what are we consuming? What are we doing with our money? What are we buying? And do these these companies and where is our money going in a way that is that is ethical and sustainable? Because I think there's just been such a big, you know, push for recognizing that you know we need to to take control of the, the climate emergency and I think it's just such a good thing that people are starting to recognize that and I think yeah definitely people are going to want to know that where they're putting their money is is something good yeah and and see clearly we think that technology can support that yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely and easily and very personalized which is why I say there's just so many opportunities in the sector and I also want to add that if you're looking for something exciting, there is, although people think of financial services like you, Elora, which shows how long it takes to change people's mind, and um, our sector has got parts of it which are rapidly transforming. Mm. And that's because there's this demand from all of us, you know, just people like us, so, you know, different ages, different roles in life and so on for that. And so all of the big financial institutions are seeing that. And you're seeing small startups obviously trying to meet those needs as well. And you can participate in whichever part you want, the bigger ones or the smaller, like more nimble. Yeah. So it's like just loads of opportunities. Um, uh, Laura, one of the things we talked about in, in the prep, which I always love, just getting to know my guests, it's such good fun, is, is some of the challenges, and we've maybe all three of us faced about things like, you know, regional accents and you know, will, will we fit in, in the big city? And, uh, or will I have a bit of that imposter syndrome in that, you know, I'm from the country, I'm not very sure about this. Um, you know, what, what's your, what was your thoughts on that one? Yeah, so like I said, I'm from Wick, which is super rural, basically, <laughs> as far north as you can possibly go without falling off the edge. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, I even just coming to Dundee, which isn't, uh, you know, it's not a massive city in Scotland, even that was just such a big change, because, you know, you're yeah. just close to everything, and you can walk everywhere, and you don't have to drive everywhere. Um and yeah, so I think um, I was very lucky that I've I've done a lot of events and some work experience down in London. And it's always that, you know, it's so daunting because for starters, it, you know, it's it's a big journey for me to get there. And a lot of people who are like, yeah, come and talk at this event. And I'm like, you do realize it's going to take me like a whole day to get there in the first place. So <laughs> it's that sort of, you know, you don't want to to be to be awkward and be like, oh, well, actually, you know, I'll have to come the day before. And then getting there, I have absolutely no sense of direction so using like the tube and stuff is that you know it, it's really daunting but I think for me thankfully I've never you know been in a situation where me being so rural or me having that kind of accent which is funny that you say because I don't think I have that heavy of a Scottish <laughs> accent at all no, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so but when I go down when I go down south like I have fam family um down in Kent they're like wow you sound so Scottish um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've never had any kind of negative experience of that. But it is like just kind of in the back of your mind, you know, oh, what yeah. if what if they, you know, Bring I'm just out. being awkward and they, they don't want me to come because it's so far. And, you yeah. know, am I going to fit in? But I think, yeah, it's it's very much a sort of, you know, yeah. it, it's in practice. It's it's always going to be fine. But it's yeah. just taking that kind of step of. Absolutely. You know, yeah. See, what about yourself? I mean, obviously, South African. Um, and. and a female yeah um so interesting 
I worked in the insurance market before I started the startup. And there I would say I noticed I was the only sort of young female in management, but I yeah. didn't, I don't felt, felt, felt that I experienced any sort of discrimination or even being South African and being uh, in the UK and South African actually I think was an advantage because people couldn't place me. So they couldn't go, oh, you went to, you went to a posh school, you didn't, and it took me 10 years to realize this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they couldn't, they were just like, oh, you know, you're just who you are, which is quite exactly. an interesting. So it's almost coming from another country was okay. I, obviously I had to adjust culturally because the culture in yeah. South Africa is very blunt. Um, whereas it's a, a little bit more subtle here. <laughs> but yeah so I haven't had that but in terms of being a woman the yeah. first time I really realized the difference between being a woman and man in sector was when I started my startup oh really yes um and there there are a lot of differences which I think um if you are going to start a startup as opposed to just join one yeah, sure. um, I, like, I think to be aware of and in fact there's been a lot of academic research into it as well as to how um, women can withstand the gender imbalance within um, the startup the tech ecosystem which is made worse in fintech because tech already is has, has fewer women then financial services fewer women then you bring the two together yeah <laughs> um so there's a lot I've learned. And if anyone uh, out there is looking at um, starting a startup, whether it's in FinTech or tech, just reach out to me. I'm happy to engage or go to high founders. You know, I, I find that sort of a little bit of sisterhood goes a long way in these situations. Yeah, that, that's back to an earlier point. And you know, thanks for that. It's, it's fascinating. But also back to your earlier point about finding um, senior women yes. in our industry as good mentors. Um, you know, there's plenty of us out there who are mm -hmm. always, always prepared to share yeah. our time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think oh. if I just jump in. Um, yeah, sure. So from my point of view, to kind of being younger, like on my degree, there aren't that that many females. I am definitely, you know, I was like the only girl who did physics at high school. I've always been <laughs> sort of in the minority. Um, and I've had people ask me before, you know, has that impacted your studies or anything? And And for me, it, it never has. If anything, you know, people, especially on my degree, we're such a close-knit community of hackers and everyone's helping everyone else that it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And I, I actually run my own company in Cash. We're developing an app to encourage kids to go outside and get active by gamifying walking routes. Wow. Um, wow, and so wow. I started that like back in high school um so really really young I had a lot of help from um kind of people higher up who were women and I think that support is definitely there because um you know there's you just have to to reach out for it because like you said there are people there who are willing to help unfortunately for me as of yet I've never had like a bad experience or anything so I think things are definitely changing and people are definitely there to to help yeah so it's it's almost like you know take the plunge and if you don't ask you don't get yeah definitely yeah, yeah. so I'm so sad because we've only got a couple of minutes to go and I could go on um, speaking to to the pair of you for a whole other half an hour but anyway I'm conscious it's people out there um, having their lunch probably um so I'm um, just with a couple of minutes to go I'm just going to ask each of you what would be your key message um to the people that are listening to this podcast Laura do you want to go first 
Yeah, I think my message would be just to to give things a try. I mean, like I said before, I never even thought about computing as a career until I I took part in a competition where I came up with my app and I'm still working on it to this day. So uh, and and yeah, just just talking to you guys, I'd never thought about, you know, this kind of industry before and and here I am now thinking about it as a potential career so you yeah just go out and give things a go I mean yeah like you said you don't ask you don't get and what's the worst that could happen you're always going to learn something absolutely great advice B what about yourself yeah so mine is just what I hope that resonates with anyone is that our industry is exciting and innovative and what's important is more to also spread the word is, you know, if you're like, actually, I'd like you to talk to a bunch of students at my uni or, you know, mm. a bunch of, you know, girls who I know, whatever the case may be. We always know people who'll do it or we'll do it ourselves, you know, on a Zoom or in person, because it's very important for us to actually get that out there and change the perception we have of financial services and tech. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, We are absolutely demonstrating as well today that we are an inclusive and diverse industry and for a whole range of people. So um, thank you so much um, for joining me on the podcast today. I've had such good fun. Um, I've so enjoyed speaking with you and exploring where we are as an industry. And I think one that welcomes a diverse range of women with different skills and talents Um, and thank you to everybody else for listening today and we hope that we've helped maybe some young people to think a little bit more about financial services and whether there's some opportunities for you uh, to join us as a career Um, it's also important I think to point out that careers don't always go in straight lines you know you you might join our industry or already be in our industry not thinking that moving into the tech part of it is for you but again and um, perhaps that's something that you want to think about um, as, as you go into the weekend. So do join us next month. Uh, we'll be talking about skills. So completely different topic. Um, we'd be exploring a new um, virtual workshop initiative that's been launched um, in partnership with the Diversity Project and 60 companies where we've come together to offer an exciting programme um, covering a, a range of topics to make sure that we get the right skills in place for a career in financial services. And um, so with that, I will sign off and say thank you once again to the amazing guests, to Fee and Laura. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to um, speaking to everybody next month. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.